Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about devotion, about how devoted we are. And this was something that was brought up into my attention, especially last year, uh, if, you, if you probably do remember. But last year, we went through a pandemic, and a lot of... <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed... <laughs> But last year, uh, the congregation in Tulsa, we thought it was a good decision to just uh, skip church a couple weeks just to make sure everything blew over. Maybe it wasn't the right decision. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. We honestly don't know at this point. But within those few weeks, I had noticed something within me that I began to slip whenever I wasn't with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I wasn't studying my Bible as often as I should have been. My prayer life began to diminish. And my spirituality as a whole just began to decline. And I asked myself why that was. Why is it that whenever I'm not there, whenever it's not important for me to be a member of the church, why is it that I'm slipping? And I had to ask myself, am I devoted? Am I really as devoted as I claim to be whenever I come and worship with my brothers and sisters? Am I really as devoted as I wish I was or I want to be? And I'd ask myself a series of questions to figure out if I was really that devoted. And I had to face a hard truth that really I wasn't. I wasn't as devoted as I wanted to be. And I've worked for at least the last year on working really hard, trying to be more devoted and trying to devote myself to God and to Christ. But before I did that, I had to ask myself a series of questions that I'm going to ask all of you as well. And I ask you to ask yourselves. You know, last year was, qu- was quite a mirror for me. It was a time I could look at myself and think, what is wrong? And I ask you to put, the, and you may not have shut down, I, I don't exactly remember if you did or not, but I ask you to put that same mirror in front of yourselves this morning and ask yourselves these questions along with me, the questions that I had to answer for myself in order to find out, am I really devoted? And the first question we want to look at is, do I love the Word of God? We'll start off, and we already read this passage this morning, but let's start off in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now when you think of someone who loves the Word of God. I don't know what you picture, but this is what I picture. I see a man who loves the law of God. He meditates on it day and night. What does that mean? It means that he, he studies the law of his God. And remember, this is the Old Testament, so the law, of, the law of God was Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and all that stuff. So imagine someone who loves those books and thinks about them day and night. That's quite a bit of devotion to remember all those books and think about them on a constant basis, right? But this is a guy who whenever hard times come, whenever tribulation and strife and persecution comes along, his leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. You know, we all want to be that person, right? We all want to be that kind of a Christian that looks at himself and says, you know, when persecution comes, I'm ready for it. And I'm not going to fall away. But in order to do that, we have to delight in the law of the Lord. We have to love the Word of God. 
you know, the guy that wrote this, uh, David, he wrote another psalm in Psalms 40 and verse 8. And he said, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. You know, we all know King David as a guy who was a man after God's own heart. God even called him that. And he loved the law of God. He said, I delight to even do your will. I love to be a part of what you want me to be a part of. And that's what we all want, isn't it? That's why we're here this morning, because we want to be that person. We want to love the law of God. David also said in Psalms 119.11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, when we have the word of God written on our hearts, when it's the most powerful thing in our minds, it keeps us from sin. Just a little added bonus there. It keeps us from doing sin. Why? Because your mind has so much room that needs to be filled up. And when you fill it with good things, with godly things, with the word of God, it blocks out all those other things. All those other things no longer are important. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Do you love Jesus? Absolutely you do. <laughs> If you love Jesus, you got to follow His Word. you got to love His Word enough to love Him. You know, I, when you think about what something you love, just think about any hobby you might have. I'll tell you, I love to fish, right? I love to go fishing. I love to watch fishing videos, which might seem boring to everyone in here, but I like to watch YouTube videos about fishing. I like to read about fishing. I have apps on my phone that tell me when's the best time to go fishing. I like to learn about it. I want to get better at it. Jordan's over here laughing because that's ridiculous, but I love it. <laughs> I love fishing. Now, I'll tell you, I took, and I didn't ask him if I could use the story beforehand, but I'm, I'm going to. I hope that's okay. But I took Tanner and Isaac May fishing with me one time. And they don't love fishing like I do. <laughs> I'll tell you how much they go fishing. I tied an inline spinner, a rooster tail on Isaac's line. He cast it out there and let it hit the bottom and set his pole down and watched it. <laughs> I told him, you got to reel that thing in. He goes, okay. He cranks it a couple times and puts it back down and watches it sink to the bottom. <laughs> but they don't love fishing as much as I do. But I love to fish. I love it. I study it. I want to know more about it so I can get better at it. And that's what God's asking us to do with His Word. To study it. To read it. To apply it to your life. To get better at it. That's what devotion to God's Word is. How often do we do that? How often do we look at God's Word and say, I love this so much that I'm going to devote time, energy, money, and everything I have to it. To learn it. To study it. And not only that, but to teach it to other people. So the next question is, do you love to teach other people? Do you love to study and teach others? In Acts 17 and verse 11, it says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, talking about people in Berea. And that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. These people were dedicated to the word of God so much that when they heard the apostles preaching to them, they had to know if it was true. So they searched through Leviticus, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all those books, all the prophecies to find out whether the things they were saying were true. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people in here take notes. How often do we take those notes home and study them out for ourselves and find out, is this actually true, what he said? 
I know I don't do that as much as I ought to. I know there are times that I've heard a preacher say something that I, I think, I, I just don't know about that. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, well, he's probably right. I go around my, about my merry way. Forget about it. How often do we apply this to our lives? So we, we love the Word of God so much that we study it. We find out whether things we're hearing is true. Acts 5 and verse 42, it says, And daily in the temple in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is not only talking about the apostles, but all the saints that were with them. They didn't stop teaching. They didn't stop learning. Every single day they were with people in the temple, in their houses, and they were teaching and preaching. This was every one of them. Is that what we do? Do we study the Word of God enough that we can say, you know what, I can teach this to somebody else. We've been studying through this all weekend, all last night, and all yesterday, and probably later the rest of the day. We've been talking about how we ought to go and be teaching other people. How often do we do that? How many opportunities are we given on a daily basis to talk to somebody about the greatest thing that's ever happened to us? How often do we take those opportunities? Are we that devoted to Christ that we're able to teach other people about how devoted we are? And why? Maybe we need to ask ourselves, are we really that devoted? If I'm not willing to tell someone else and let them be devoted as well. In Jeremiah 20 and verse 9 it says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Now this was a prophet speaking, a prophet who was in a time where nobody wanted to hear the word of God. Now we think that might be strange. But not a single person cared about what Jeremiah was telling them. And he said, you know, I forget it, I'm done. I'm done. No more. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not even going to mention his name anymore. But he said, but his word was in my heart like a fire and I had to let it out. I wish, I wish this passage described my life. I so wish it did. That I could say, I could try to hold it back if I want to. If I really, really wanted to, I could try to hold it back, but I can't. It has to come out. How devoted are we if we can sit back and say, you know what, I'm just not going to talk about it today. I mean, think about something that you love to do. Again, I'll talk about fishing again. I like fishing. I think it's a good example. I like to talk about fishing, in case you hadn't noticed. I like to talk about fishing. I like to talk with people who also like fishing. There's a guy at work I talk to, and we talk about the different lakes we've been to. We talk about the kind of baits we use. It's stupid. <laughs> it's something we enjoy doing. But I can't talk to somebody else about my Lord and my Savior, my King and my Savior, Jesus Christ. How devoted to Him am I, really, if I can't talk to somebody else about it? Not only that, but I can let it sit in my heart and let it just stay there and never come out. In Hebrews 3 and verse 13, it says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, we're supposed to build each other up too. It's not just going out and teaching to the rest of the world, but it also applies to right here in this room. 
Are you devoted enough to tell your neighbor, the person sitting next to you that you love, the truth of the gospel? Not only the gospel, but some principle within the gospel. If you see your brother struggling, are you there to help them? How devoted are we to God's word if we can't share it with even the people in this room? The easiest people it should be to share it with. The people that share the same beliefs as you. How often do we talk about it with each other? How often do we share the gospel, share the truths of the gospel, share the Bible with each other? Have studies in our homes. Have studies here at the building. I know they do this here every year. How often do we do this? How often do we participate in them? Are we really that devoted if we can't do that? Ask yourself, am I really that devoted? Am I that devoted to where I can talk to my brother about the Bible and it's not weird? We need to take a serious look at ourselves. Which brings us to my next question. How devoted am I to the church? How devoted am I to the people of God? Not just to God, but to His people. In John chapter 13 and verse 34, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, Jesus told us, if you want to show people that you're my disciple, you got to love each other. you got to love each other to the point where they say, why do you like those people so much? Why do you spend all your time with them? And you can tell them, because I'm a disciple of Christ and so are they. And I love those people for that. And not only that, but he said, love each other as I loved you. Think about the love of Christ for just a second. Think about what he did for you. Are you willing to die on a cross for the people in this room? I don't know a lot of people in here. I know some of them. But it's going to be really hard, even for the people I love the most, for me to say, yes, I will be crucified for you. Did you know Jesus? Were you best friends with Jesus? You know, he said that no greater love has anyone than this than a man who will lay down his life for his friends. Are you the friend of Christ? Were you before you knew him? Yet he died for you. Is that the kind of love we show each other? Are we that devoted to one another that I can say with all honesty, I will die for you? Because that's what he's asking us to do. In 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 15, Paul said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. The more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. You know, Paul was dealing with something in Corinth. People were telling the people in Corinth that Paul was not a real apostle. Paul does not care about you. Paul does not love you. And Paul told them, I would gladly spend and be spent for you. Even if you don't love me, I will love you. Is that the kind of attitude we have towards each other? Do we love each other that much that, excuse me, that we'll say, I will spend and be spent for you. I will go to the ends of the earth for you. I will die for you. Think about the level of dedication that Paul had for his brethren. In fact, if we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now, th at this point, I believe Paul was in prison. 
when he was writing this. And he couldn't go visit the people in Thessalonica. And he said, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it be good we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. So he's telling them, I can no longer bear to not know what's going on with you because they're going through persecutions. And I have to stay here. I can't go anywhere. So we thought it was a good idea for me to be left alone. And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. And that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us, and we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by our faith. For now... We live if you stand fast in the Lord. What's Paul saying to these people? He's saying, you're suffering through persecution, and so are we. We're in prison. I can't go anywhere. I can't come visit you. I desperately want to know if you guys are okay. So I sent Timothy. And he came back and said that you're doing good, that you're faithful, and that you remember us and want to see us. And he said, now in all of our affliction, in all of our distress, we were comforted by these words concerning your faith. We live if you stand fast in the Lord. What's he saying? What does that mean? It means my state of mind and my state of life, my comfort in this life is dependent on whether or not you're in the faith. I cannot rest unless I know you are still doing your job and you're still in the faith of Christ. Do we feel that way about our brothers and sisters? It's where if we can't see them for a little while, we're desperately wondering, are they still okay? I can't rest. I, I can't sleep. I want to know, are they still okay? Through all the kinds of things they're suffering through, maybe they lost loved ones. Pick up a phone and call them. Are you okay? I have to know, are you still okay? Are you still faithful to God? It was that important to Paul that he could not rest. And even when he did know, it comforted him in the depths of prison to know that they were still in the faith. Are we that devoted to our brethren that we can't sleep unless we know? And then when we do know, we can finally have comfort no matter what we're going through. That's the kind of dedication that Paul had. And you can read all kinds of things about Paul and the dedication he had. And honestly, it's a mountain of mirrors. <laughs> and it's really hard to look at that mirror and say, yeah, I'm like that. Just in the example of Paul. In Acts 2, verses 44 through 46, it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This, these were baby Christians. <laughs> they had just heard the gospel. They're newborn baby Christians. And they thought it was so important that they loved each other that they sold what they had in order to give to somebody else. Not only that, but they were with each other daily, eating food together. Every single day they were with each other. They were together. They were singing. They were eating. And we might think, that's really weird. Why would you spend every single day with those people? And you know, people are going to think that's weird. When you're gone every day because you're with 
somebody that's in the church or whenever you are home, you have 30 cars in your parking lot. People are going to think that's weird. You know what? It kind of is. But we haven't, we've been called to be weird, right? We've been called to be different than other people. And these people were different. They loved each other so much they were willing to go to the ends of the earth for each other. They were willing to be in each other's homes every single day. You know, those people had to walk to get to each other's homes. They didn't have cars. I doubt very few of them had horses or anything they could ride. Maybe a few of them did. But they had to walk. <laughs> Can you imagine having to walk to your neighbor's house nowadays? One of these people sitting in the room next to you, having to walk to their home in order to spend time with them every day? That's weird. <laughs> you know what? They were dedicated to each other. They were devoted to the point that they said, every day I'm going to be with you. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just in Bible studies, but I'm going to be at your house every day. And you're going to be at my house every day. Are we that devoted that we allow these people into our homes? Now, some of us have a really hard time with that, right? Some of us have a really hard time with letting people in our homes, which is, I, I understand, to, to a certain degree. But do we love these people enough that we'll say, come over to my house, I need to be with you? Or can I come over to your house? That's really weird to me. Uh, I remember when I was with David Minson, and whoever over here that's been with David Minson knows this, he'll call people up and be like, hey, can I come over to your house today? Are you busy? I'm going to come over real quick. That was weird for me. <laughs> and he even had me make a couple of those phone calls. Uh, can I come to your house today? <laughs> that's awkward for me. <laughs> You know why he does that? Because he loves those people. Because he's devoted to those people. And that's the same level of dedication we ought to have toward each other. You know, it's a lot easier nowadays, too, now that we have cell phones. You know, if you need to know if somebody's okay, just call them. It doesn't matter if they're on the other side of the world, you can call them, depending on your phone carrier provider. It's not that hard anymore. So why is it harder? We ought to have that level of dedication. If we don't have that, we need to ask ourselves, are we really that devoted to God and His people? One more question. Are we 100% dedicated to God? Is He the number one thing in our lives? The most important thing beyond anything else. Let's look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know what Jesus is telling us to do? Lay everything aside every single day and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. That's hard to do, isn't it? There's a lot of things, especially here in America, that can distract us from that, isn't there? You know, I've got to work. I've got to provide for my family. And I understand that. That's a biblical principle. You need to provide for your family. But is that the number one thing in your life? Well, I've got to rise to the top of the corporate ladder. Why? God hasn't called you to do that. You know what God's called you to do? Take up your cross daily and follow me. You know, I've got hobbies. I've got things I need to do. I've got, 
I got plans. <laughs> Is that what God called us to do? He said, take up your cross daily, follow me. Lay all those other things aside. That's hard to do. In Luke 16, verse 13, it says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Is there something in your life that's more important to you than God? Or do you place it within the same realm? Now, I talked about how I love fishing again. If I place fishing as the number two thing in my life, even, and at, at some point I decide, you know what, I could go to a Bible study, but it's a really good day for fishing. If that's even a question in my mind, there's a problem. Because fishing is not that important. I may love it. It's not that important. You know, a lot of you in here probably don't love it. And it probably would be easy for you to say, you know, that's not that important to me. <laughs> but a lot of us have a lot of things in our lives that pull our attention away. And you're either going to give your all to one thing or your all to another thing. There's no sitting on the fence. You're either with one or you're with the other. You'll either love one and despise the other. Which one are you going to choose? Because that's your choice. Am I devoted to God or not? Am I with Christ or against Him? That's the options. Those are the only two options. Am I with Him or not? And if there's something else that's more important to me, I'm not with Him. If there's something else that pulls my attention away, there's a problem. In James 1 and verse 8, it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't be focused on two things at the same time. You know this if you're a distracted driver. If you text and drive, it's hard to focus on driving while you're texting, isn't it? I've had moments where I've been looking at my phone for two seconds, and I'm off in the other lane on a straight road. If you're focused on two different things at the same time, one is going to give. One of them is not going to seem that important at the time. And how, how often do we pick the thing that's not that important? That text can wait. That's what those billboards say, right? It can wait. But how often do we pick up the phone while we're in the car? How often do we pick something else instead of God? You know, I could read my Bible for 30 minutes or fill in the blank there. And for some reason, that's a tough choice <laughs> for a lot of us. I know it is for me. We can't be unstable. We can't love one thing and not expect to hate the other. So if you've asked yourself these four questions... And you've decided that maybe you're not as devoted as you ought to be. And honestly, I, I'll be honest with you guys. When I looked at these questions and I looked at my own life, I decided, you know what, I'm not that devoted. There were things in my life that I saw that I could tell, that's not where I need to be. I looked at the examples of Paul and the apostles and I said, that's not where I am. How do I fix that? 
Well, I'll give you a quick fix real quick. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 29, it says, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right, high causes you to, right hand rather, causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now is Jesus telling us that we got to pluck our right eyes out and cut our right hands off? Well, since I have my right hand and my right eye, I'm not going to tell you to do that. <laughs> I would never tell you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. But what is he saying? He's saying, if you've got something in your life that's pulling you away from God, get rid of it. Do whatever it takes to get rid of it. If it's a friend, a family member, a job, a hobby, whatever it is, get rid of it. It doesn't matter. I could be the best fisherman in the entire world and still go to hell. And that fishing rod in my hand is going to do me no good. I could win every volleyball, soccer, basketball trophy in the world. And it's going to be melted away. It won't matter. I could have God and I could have Christ and that's what matters. That's what's going to matter in the end. Nothing else. So if something else is pulling you away, get rid of it because in the end it doesn't matter. Not only that, but Ephesians 4 and verse 28 says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that may impart grace to the hear or may impart grace to the hearers. What he's saying is if you have a problem with the sin, get rid of it and replace it with something good. If you steal, work and give. If you have a problem with corrupt language, get rid of that and start speaking good things. And it's the same with any other thing we could possibly do. You know, I could spend 30 minutes playing a video game or I could spend 30 minutes reading my Bible. You know what? I need to cut that out of my life and I need to read my Bible because that's more important. And that's going to be better for me in the long run. You know, I could go out fishing for a couple hours or I could ask a friend to come over and have a Bible study, which is more important. Not only get rid of those things, but replace it with something that's going to help you in the long run. And that's how, we do, that's how we start becoming more devoted, is we get rid of the things that don't matter and focus on the things that do. This morning, if you have a problem, if you have something in your life that's pulling you away, this is the time to change that. Before it's too late. This is the time to cut off the right hand and to pluck out the right eye and replace it with something good. Maybe you haven't been as devoted to the church as you ought to be. Change that. Pick someone randomly in the crowd. Invite them over to your house. If you have a problem with studying the Word of God, with loving the Word of God, change that. Ask a brother here. Ask one of the elders, will you study with me so I can learn the Word of God and learn to love it? I guarantee you the elders at least will be happy to do that for you. Got an amen from way down in the back, so I know that's true. If you have a need, if you haven't been as devoted as you ought to be, this is the time to let us know. Let us help you become more devoted. Because in the end, it's going to matter. Let us help you as we stand and as we sing this song.
thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.